The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. I'm Rich. I'm Lori. And I guess our story began uh, back in January of 2018. So at 44 years old, we found out that we were pregnant with our sixth child. We were a little more than surprised by that news. About 12 weeks, we went to the doctor. They told us that our baby was going to have trisomy 21 and otherwise known as Down syndrome. I was a little shocked and overwhelmed by the news. So just when we thought we had the worst news, we went to a 16-week appointment. She was going to need open-heart surgery. And it was a grief. I, I remember just shutting myself off from the world and I would just sob and cry and I just had this real depression over me and I just was so angry and I couldn't understand and I begged God to heal this baby. I, I, I told him I couldn't handle having a, a different child. I couldn't do it. I felt like we were walking around with a with a sentence, like a, like a death sentence, like we're walking around and it was weighed so heavy on us. What's your private pain or your secret suffering? What are you carrying that you hope that you can cover up or pretending like it doesn't hurt as much as it does? I think uh, this season probably turns all of us into people who want to cover up uh, at least a little bit of what we're carrying. Uh, let me let me kind of turn a little bit funny for a moment. I was at the store the other day and I, I literally, for no other reason than just I had to cough um, and I was scared to death to cough because I was afraid I was gonna get like pummeled with like cans in people's grocery carts. So I was literally like trying to walk around like, <clears throat> and literally all it was, was I, just, I just needed a cough and I, I can see other people. I know the people that are like, you know, they have seasonal allergies and they're literally terrified for someone to hear them cough or sneeze because they're afraid that everyone's going to go, no, get out, you know, like, um, and, I, and so what happens is in this season, I think we're all kind of like trying to cover up any allergies or any cough because we're afraid that people are going to jump to the wrong conclusion. But here's the deal, in a really serious way, I think that we all are covering up things that are very serious. We, we go around pretending like the pain doesn't hurt as much as it does. We cover up, maybe it's unhealth in a marriage, or maybe what our kids are going through and we, we act like we've got it all together and everything's okay, or maybe it's the financial season you're walking through right now and you're kind of acting like you can hold it all together. Maybe at home you're a dad or a mom and you're trying to look strong for your kids. And, and so there's this feeling of like, I've, I've got to cover up. I've got to pretend that the pain doesn't hurt as much as it does. And, and so what we do is we throw ourselves harder into work or we just charge and plow ahead or we distract ourselves with a hobby or a habit or an addiction. And in some way, we try to get our mind off the hurt. We try to distract ourselves from the secret suffering that we're carrying. Maybe even a sickness or a, a diagnosis that we're dealing with. Here's what I want you to know, that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came not to expose our sickness or to expose the private pain, but to take it on himself. That's right. God becomes a man with the mission to be beaten, 
than to die. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring you into the story of the life of Jesus. Um, it's recorded by three different eyewitnesses. And then there was another who investigated these eyewitnesses and wrote out his own, his own account. Each of those uh, historical accounts are referred to as the gospels. And in the Bible, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who are the four gospels. And so I'm gonna jump into uh, the eyewitness account of Matthew who is recording this moment, and, and he's, it's right at the moment where Jesus is being uh, sentenced to death. And it reads this way, Matthew 27. Then, then he released Barabbas to them, meaning they, they, they were trying to, the, the uh, pilot was trying to give him a way out. They were accusing uh, Jesus, and he said, well, I'll let you choose Barabbas or Jesus, because this guy Barabbas was a, a bad guy, and, but the crowd wanted Barabbas freed and Jesus crucified. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to, to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. And then they, they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on his head. And they put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him. And they mocked him. And what they say when they mocked him? They're yelling and they're screaming. You can kind of hear the, the hate in their voice. Hail, king of the Jews. They said, they spit on him. They took the staff and they struck him on the head again and again. And I just need to pause for a moment. I want, to, I want you to get this perspective. Look, we believe that Jesus is God in human form. And the very God who created mankind, allowed those same hands that he created to take whips and beat him. The God who created the trees allowed those same thorns to be turned into a crown and shoved on his head. He gave them a voice and they used that voice to mock him and abuse him. They put a robe on him and they put on his own clothes and they led him away to be crucified. And they hanged Jesus on a cross made from a tree that his voice created. Here's God suffering. Jesus beaten and tortured. Was he, was he being murdered? Or was he martyred? Was this an no, no, no. It was very much on purpose. Jesus came with the mission to be beaten and to die. Because he wanted to be abused? No. Because it was a necessary price. He was paying a price. He was purchasing our debt. He was suffering on our behalf. And so I'm going to jump a little further into the story where it continues this way, they're, they're mocking him. They, they see Jesus hanging on the cross, dying. The Jesus who had healed the sick and raised the dead. He said, in the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. They didn't realize he didn't come to heal himself. He didn't come to save himself. Jesus didn't need to be healed and he didn't need to be saved. He is the author of life. He is the giver of life. He was the creator of life. 
And they, they continue to mock and they're saying, look at him. He, he can't see himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross and then we'll believe that he is who he said he was. But what they missed was this. Jesus was on a mission. It wasn't nails that held his hands to a cross. It was his mission to love. He was paying a price for the suffering we experience. And so the, the idea I want to give you, if I were to summarize what was happening in these moments, it was this. Jesus was broken so we could be made well. He was taking on himself everything we experience. We want to be made well. In fact, we just wish all sin, I mean, all sickness, all suffering, all the pain that we're walking through would just be eradicated. I mean, isn't that what we're trying to experience right now? We just want suddenly everything to go away. We're waiting for a, a vaccine. We're waiting for, you know, some type of a cure that will just make everything better. But what we know is this, that no matter what disease can be uh, vaccinated or can be cured, it doesn't fix the secret suffering that we all carry. Because every one of us carries something deeper, an inner sickness, an inner mess. It's not, it's not the secret suffering of the pain around us that's eating at us. It's that there is something deeper inside of us that's that's hurting us, that's weighing down on us. And, and that secret suffering, that inner brokenness, that inner mess is something that Jesus referred to as sin. It's not that you can't diagnose it, you can't treat it, you can't vaccinate it. It's an inner spiritual sickness, an inner soul mess. Jesus came to deal with that. See, because at the core, Every other brokenness in the world around us, all other problems are at the root, the result of sin. I don't mean that we sin and therefore we get sick. That's not what I'm saying. Sin broke the world. And as a result, we look at the world and we say, this is not the way it's supposed to be. That's right, because that's not the way it was meant to be. But because sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, ever since then it's been spreading like a sickness, metastasizing and infecting and affecting every one of us. And so we all have this deep inner sickness. And so Jesus came first to deal with that. And so what did he do? He took on our beatings. He took on our suffering. He, he was beaten so that we could be healed. He was broken so that we could be made well. He was buried into a tomb, carved into the stone of a rock that he created. He was nailed to a cross on a tree of a tree that he spoke into being. Why? He suffered to pay the price for our suffering. He died to become the payment for the sin that's at work inside of every one of us. How? Because the penalty of sin is not death, but forever death. And so Jesus took on our death and he suffered and died in our, in our place. In, in essence, you could say it this way. He was broken for me. In fact, can I encourage you? Maybe right now, turn to the person next to you and say, he was broken for me. He was broken for you so that you and I could be made well. And so here's how this works. Jesus suffered. 
He was beaten, he was tortured, he was abused, he was mocked so that he could absorb all of our sin suffering, all of our guilt, all of our shame. It was all poured on Jesus so that when he died, he died once for all. So that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sin. And when we're forgiven, we're also given new life because Jesus not only died, he, he rose from the dead and in his resurrection, he, he conquered death, he conquered guilt, he conquered shame, and he conquered sin so that when we believe in Jesus by faith, we believe that he not only died, but he rose again from the dead and in his resurrection, he gives us new life. And when you believe in Jesus, God's spirit comes into your spirit so that... He was broken to make us well. No, it might not make our physical bodies well, but there is a deeper wholeness that is better than just being physically healthy. And when you experience that new life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ, where you are forgiven and given that new life, suddenly your perspective on suffering changes. Your perspective on sicknesses and, and diagnosis changes. Suddenly you see that there is purpose in the pain and there is purpose through the pain and you see others and you see yourself through a different light, through the light of God's love that God is for us. In fact, can I encourage you? Turn to, maybe there's somebody sitting right next to you and you can say, God is for you. Maybe you pull out your phone right now and text a friend and just encourage them with this message. God is for you. God is for you. Would you, would you do that right now? Just take a moment, turn to somebody or text someone and say, God is for you. In fact, that was the, the encouragement that uh, Rich and Lori found as they navigated through these difficult diagnoses and the challenges of the health of their daughter, Lily. Check out the rest of their story. And the Lord was just really uh, speaking to my heart and saying, uh, Rich, are you uh, willing to surrender? And at that point, you know, I said, you know what, God, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna trust you in this. And then, and then she was born. I can tell you when Lily was born, the love is so real. And she did uh, have Down syndrome. She was born with a heart defect, uh, but the love was infectious. Uh, took her home, things were going really well, and then you know things started to deteriorate, her health began to deteriorate. In December, late December and New Year's, her, her heart just was not working very well. She was well. Uh, starting to not eat as much, and we would take her in every week, and they would wear, and she was, she was losing weight. So, so went um, to one of the doctor's appointments, and the doctor said, you need to take her to Children's Hospital right away. You need to take her now. And it hit me that Lily may not make it through this, and I had to give that to the Lord completely. And I think after the surgery, she came out, um, and I just can't, had come to the grips at that point to say, okay, Lord, we're gonna just continue to trust you through this. She was doing really, really well, um, and then things started to get bad again. The doctor came in and said, yes, uh, Lily is gonna have to go back to the hospital. And I just, at that point, meanwhile, we're running through the emergency room and they're hooking her up to tubes again, and I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you, what are you trying to do with this? I mean, we've gone through this, I've, I'm okay with having a Down syndrome baby, I'm okay with it, please, you know. And, and by the time we arrived, I arrived, um, the surgery was complete and she was, 
She's been just a blessing. She's been perfect. Um, I mean, we've had our ups and downs with, you know, sicknesses, but she has been just wonderful. Uh, the life she brings into our family is just incredible. Uh, looking back on it, I wouldn't have changed a thing. God never gives us pain unless there's a purpose behind it. And I believe that God wants us to minister through this pain, minister through this struggle, and that we're going through this struggle so that we can uh, go out and tell our story and, and minister to other people and tell them that you can do this. I had a lot of thoughts that uh, I was never going to be able to love this baby. I was never going to be able to handle this baby. And thankfully, God knew better. God brought me so much joy. I would miss so much joy not having Lily. Down syndrome is a syndrome. Lily is not a syndrome. She is a person. She is a person that is created by God, that God wonderfully and fearfully made. She is a uh, person that has gifts and talents just like anybody else. She is a person that God is going to use one day. He knows the plans for her life, and she um, is going to change the world. I so appreciate the perspective that Rich and Lori were able to bring to the crisis in their own home, where there was this secret suffering and this private pain, they saw purpose in the pain and they were able to see how God is at work in the midst of sickness, in the midst of a diagnosis, in the midst of um, a syndrome, in the midst of difficulty. And so where, where do they find their hope? Where do they find encouragement? Because they saw, they could look to Jesus and see that Jesus' pain was a beautiful pain. There was something beautiful behind Jesus' suffering. Because in Jesus' suffering, he was absorbing our suffering. He was absorbing our judgment so that we could be set free and our perspective could be transformed. How were they able to love like that? How were they able to see the purpose in their daughter Lily's life? Because they had the perspective of God. And so I want, I want you to know that Jesus' pain was a beautiful pain. How? Because his pain paid a price for you and I. And I said he was broken so you and I could be made well. And what is not well inside of us is not a physical sickness. What's well inside of us is that we're far from God. Is that there's a deep inner brokenness, a soul suffering. And so when Jesus is on the cross, there's, there's something really significant that happens. There's two things Jesus said, and I want to bring you to each of these. The first one is this. In Matthew chapter 7, it kind of captures this moment as Jesus is hanging on the cross. It said about 3 in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani, which translates, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I want you to know that Jesus was forsaken so that you and I could be forgiven. He was rejected so that you and I could be restored. In fact, I would encourage you to make note of that. Jesus was rejected so we could be restored. You could, you could, you could own this yourself right now. You could say, he was rejected for me. Maybe, maybe turn to someone that you're watching with right now or text someone and say, he was rejected for me. Would you take a moment? Maybe, maybe just say that. He was rejected for me. 
for me so that I could be restored. What is Jesus saying? He's going, Eli, Eli, lama shabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced something that no one else in all of history should ever experience. God had to turn his back on evil. God had to turn his back on wickedness and sin. And so Jesus hanging on the cross absorbs that evil, that sickness of sin. He absorbs all of the judgment we deserve. And so God rejects, God the Father rejects Jesus the Son on our behalf so that he is forsaken so we could be forgiven. He is rejected so we could be restored. And so Jesus cried is the deep, painful cry of desolation, being utterly rejected and cut off by God so that never again would anyone ever be forsaken by God. When you believe in Jesus by faith, you have a confidence that you are restored to relationship with God because Jesus was utterly rejected. You are loved. You are known by God. You are forgiven by God so that you are never forsaken. You have a confidence that God is for you, not against you. I promise you, whatever you're going through right now, you are, when you believe in Jesus by faith, what you are going through is not punishment. That private pain that you're carrying is not a consequence of God's judgment against you. Jesus absorbed your judgment. Jesus was rejected so you could be restored. You are loved by God. God is for you. God lavishes his love on you. He has forgiven you. He came to rescue you. So Jesus cried out, my father God, why have you forsaken me? And their answer would be, Jesus, I'm forsaking you so I could forgive those that we love. You're paying the price for everyone else to be restored and forgiven. Would you receive that right now? Don't waste the price that Jesus paid on the cross. He absorbed the blows and the beatings and the abuse and the rejection for you and for me. Jesus died so we could be given life. He was broken so we could be made well and whole. He paid the price for our true and ultimate wellness. I, I don't want you to miss that. I want you to be aware that his mission was that we could be ultimately whole and ultimately made well. So in fact, here's what Jesus cries out. The last words of Jesus are captured. It, it, it says this, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. What, what did he cry out before he died? Well, the, uh, the uh, author John says it this way. John was another eyewitness, and he said, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. What does it mean for Jesus to cry out, it is finished? Well, I'm going to give it to you in this statement. Jesus finished our business on the cross. You have unfinished business. So what is your unfinished business? Maybe, again, I'm going to get you talking here, okay? Maybe turn to the person next to you or text somebody and say, what's your unfinished business? Maybe your unfinished business 
is that you're holding on to anger towards somebody or you're holding on to the debt that somebody owes you because they've wronged you. Maybe you're carrying shame because you haven't been able to make something right. Maybe you're holding on to guilt or fear. Maybe you're afraid of tomorrow. Maybe you have no promise of a future. Maybe you're carrying an inner secret suffering. You're trying to cover it up because you don't want anybody to hear your cough. You have unfinished business. And so Jesus, when he cries out, it is finished, what he's saying is, I've paid the price in full. There's nothing more that can be done. You can't, you and I can't do anything more to earn the love of God or deserve the love of God. There's nothing we can do to pay for our guilt and our shame. There's nothing we can do to give, make our life mean more than it does right now. When we believe in Jesus by faith, his finished business, our finished business was accomplished on the cross. When he cried out, it is finished, here's what he was doing. His finished business was giving us good news. Up to this point, we only have bad news. But when he said it is finished, his death became good news for you and I because he paid the price for our suffering and our sin and suddenly his life became good news. It's a message of hope. It's a message of healing. It's a message of forgiveness and his, his suffering and death became good news for you and I because he said it is finished. His, his finished the, the finished business that he did for you and I was not to give us physical healing, although when you believe in Jesus Christ, we believe that God can heal and he does heal, but we also know that he heals ultimately. See, his goal was not just to make our physical bodies better, but to give us something better than physical health, to give us the promise of forever health, of ultimate healing. See, here's the deal. What's waiting for you right now on the other side of eternity is forever life, forever wholeness, forever healing, and it begins to live inside of you and I right now. Not only that, but his finished business gives us the promise of tomorrow. You and I have a bright future ahead of us. That's right, you can get out of bed tomorrow with hope and confidence because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He paid the debt so that you and I could wake up tomorrow freed and whole, not carrying any weight of guilt or shame or sin. We've been given a new life, and so right now you can receive that new life. In fact, can I encourage every one of you? Would you make that commitment right now? I want to receive what Jesus paid for on the cross. I want to be raised to new life. I want the life of God in me. I want to be forgiven. That's why he was forsaken. I want to be restored. That's why he was rejected. I want to receive the finished work of Jesus. And so here's what I want you to do. If you're making that commitment right now to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, I'm going to ask you to respond with me. Just pull out your phone and text RAISED TO LIFE to 41411. Now, this isn't like a text to receive 
salvation. This is, you're letting us know that you're making that commitment so that someone can follow up with you and help you begin to take those next steps as you begin this new journey of life with Jesus. You know that he loves you, that he is for you. So again, you just get a text, raised to life to 41411. If you're, if you're outside of an area where you can text or you don't, you don't have a phone with you, you can just put in the comment section, raised to life. And someone will very quickly follow up with you and begin to encourage you as you begin this new journey. Now, I want to pray with every one of you. I don't want you carrying secret suffering or private pain, believing that somehow you're getting what you deserve. Jesus loves you. He is for you. He died so you can live. He was broken so you could be made well. He was crushed so you could be brought to life and wholeness. He was rejected so you could be restored, and he paid the price. His death finished our business. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving your life so we could have forever life. We're receiving that wellness that comes from knowing that the sin, sickness, that has been tearing us up from the inside out, that sin sickness is forgiven and removed and in place, the mess in our soul has been made well. You've given us new life and we receive that. We celebrate it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.